What's happening, everybody? Welcome to the Pick 6 Podcast. I am Will Brinson. I am your host of the daily CBS Sports NFL Podcast, coming to you Monday through Friday, every single day from now until eternity, or at least the end of the 2018 regular season. I have to imagine that they'll let this experiment go on that long. If you want it to go on longer, you can subscribe. You can rate, you can review, you can bump our numbers up, you can tell your friends, makes my bosses happy, makes me happy, makes me feel good about my life. I'm not begging, I'm just desperate. Now, we're not really desperate because you guys, we have great user interaction, you guys send tons of emails, tons of tweets, um, we got a bunch of people signed up for our fantasy football league, we'll get to that in a second, um, a ton of people signed up for our picks league, get to that in a second too, uh, but um, yeah, so rate, review, Subscribe if you want to send me an email with your fantasy football question not relating to the Pick 6 Podcast League, willbrinson at gmail.com. I actually enjoy answering these questions. I don't know why I do it. Like, I don't know why I enjoy it, but I do. So if you have a fantasy question, a dynasty question, uh, sometimes it'll take a day or two. Sometimes it'll take 30 minutes. Uh, but you'll usually get like 5,000 words. Uh, back rambling about my thought process about what you should do with your particular situation. So don't be shy. Email away. You can also tweet me at Will Brinson. Um, don't be mad if I don't get back right away. Like I have all of them saved to answer. And if I forget them, I circle back through and do a big house cleaning at some point. Um, at any rate, let's get to down to some business, some house cleaning. Uh, the Pick 6 Podcast Fantasy League has we received uh, enough submissions that we are actually going to do four different leagues. Um, this is me telling you guys in lieu of me emailing you, as I promised, uh, right away. Some entries are closed. We have maxed out. We're going to do four different leagues. We're going to run them. I think we're going to go through, like, this is R.J. White's idea, but we're going to go through week 12. No, everybody plays each other once in each league, so that's 11 games, right? Yes, that's right. And then weeks 12. 13 and 14 will be the playoffs in each specific league. And then the champion of each league will go and play in another set of four-man playoffs. So it'll be like 16 full weeks of great action and enjoyable fun. We'll do it over slow drafts. I'll get details out to you guys soon about that. If you signed up, awesome. Thanks for doing it. It's going to be a blast. It'll be free to play. And uh, you can you can claim you beat me at fantasy football, and or you're the Pick Six Podcast League champion. I will buy I will buy with my own money uh, the winner a trophy which will be passed around or you can keep forever, whatever. Um, pick six podcast, pick them league. If you want to pick against me, maybe Pete Briscoe, maybe Nick Costos, maybe Jason Lockenfora, go to pick six pod.football.cbssports.com and sign up. It's free to do it. We guarantee you we have prizes for that. Uh, winner is going to get a commissioner league. I think it's valued at like $179 or something like that. Uh, winner of the, the, and each winner for the week will get a pick six podcast t-shirt, which, uh, I didn't even know it existed until we did this league, so that's exciting. Um, follow me on Twitter at Will Brinson. Follow the podcast at Pick Six Pod. Let's get to some news. First of all, oh yeah, first of all, I got a I got a little tip for you guys. Um, so I noticed today and today, well today I noticed on Tuesday. You're probably listening to this on Wednesday. I noticed on Tuesday that my local guy um, that I check odds with, you know, occasionally check other things. You know, you know, I check odds with him um, that. Sam Darnold is 14 to 1 to win offensive rookie of the year. That makes no sense to me. 
Sam Darnold is behind Baker Mayfield and Josh Allen. Sam Darnold's going to start week one. I mean, this is going to happen. And Jason Lacafora, who's coming up on the show today, will explain to you exactly why. Uh, Jason talks about the Jets, the Redskins, much more. Jason's a great conversation. We'll get to that in a second, too. Um, but Darnold is 14 to 1 on this site. I noticed it stood out to me because Darius Geis was 12 to 1 on this. I don't know if you guys know, Darius Geis tore his ACL, probably not going to win defense, offensive rookie of the year. So to me, it was clear that it wasn't updated. So I started checking around some other stuff. Sportsbook.ag has Sam Darnold at 4 to 1, which is second best behind Saquon Barkley and far more in line with what the market should be. So naturally, I started looking around some other places. Um, I couldn't find it on the Westgate. Uh, I don't think they've offered it yet. I see on mybookie.ag, he's 15 to 1. And at Bovada, he's 12 to 1. That's Sam Darnold. There's a lot of value here. This award, if this award, people are dying to give this award to a quarterback if he can start all 16 games, play pretty well, and get his team anywhere like near 500 or God help us into the playoffs. Remember, Kareem Hunt came out guns blazing last year and Deshaun Watson almost overtook him for rookie of the year. He, Watson had overtaken him and then Watson got hurt and Watson was in the MVP discussion. Uh, let's not forget that Kareem Hunt led the league in rushing and didn't even win because Alvin Kamara won. They want recency bias and they want to give it to quarterbacks. If you can find Sam Darnold, go out and get you that value. It's, uh, it's, uh, it's, it's pretty good value. I like that, uh, those odds myself. And I saw something else and I can't, oh, the Baltimore Ravens. If you can still find them at 50 to 1, they dropped out of 25 to 1 at the, uh, Westgate. Sounds like old Paulo, Paulo from Brazil and I are moving lines. Uh, or more likely a bunch of sharp people hammered the Ravens. That over at 8 is now minus 140. I still like it at minus 140. Clearly like it better at minus 110. Uh, I think the Ravens are a nice pick this year. If you can find them above 25 to 1 on the Super Bowl odds, I would do that. 50 to 1, no brainer to me if you put down on that. So I hope you join me, um, on that little venture. To the news, let's start off with Hard Knocks. The second episode occurred on Tuesday night. I stay up. I watch it just for you. I record the podcast afterwards. Uh, no sound effects from this one. But, man, it was a really good episode. Uh, first of all, we found out Corey Coleman asked for a trade from the Browns. He goes into Hugh Jackson's office, basically complains about uh, his playing time. Todd Haley's riding his 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 uh his bottom, as we say in the Brinson household. He's all over him, screaming at him, cussing left and right. Can't believe Corey Coleman's not hustling, doesn't know what he's doing. And Coleman, who had just shown off this incredible like like literally thousands of pairs of shoes and how he loves shoes, um, goes into Hugh Jackson's office. He's like, you know, what's the deal? Why am I on the second team? And he said, go ask Todd. He's like, look, if you don't want to play me, trade me. And then the next clip is cut to Corey Coleman's been traded. And then, of course, the the uh, Antonio Callaway stuff pops up. And you get just a fascinating look behind the conversation that happens with Antonio Callaway, John Dorsey, and Hugh Jackson about his arrest or his, his run-in with the law when he cited for misdemeanor marijuana possession and, and driving with a suspended license. Interesting to note that, that Hugh Jackson's like, look, you have John's number. You have my number. Call us. Do not attempt to deal with this on your own. Call us, which is not a way of saying don't get in trouble. It's a way of saying if you're getting in trouble, let us know. That leads me to believe that these guys really like Antonio Callaway, a fourth-round pick, especially after they shipped out Corey Coleman. So that was kind of fascinating. Uh, Todd Haley at one point seeing, talking to Jarvis Landry on the sidelines of a, of a game. He's like, look, you got to get this bleeping kid. Take care of this kid. Take him under your wing. You want to take him to your bleeping house? Do it. 
He's like, Larry Fitzgerald will do it. Bottle up some of that passion. I'm paraphrasing there, but it's a very cool scene. Uh, and the Hugh Jackson blunder of the night goes to, uh, Hugh when he, when he pulls inside the team and he's yelling at him about, about their practice habits and screaming about how, how they're not doing a good enough job practicing, not running around, uh, aggressively enough. And, and, and then he's like trying to figure out how to motivate him. And Tyrod Taylor says, uh, coach, you should just show him video of, of the fact that they're not running. And then immediately they cut to it. And Hugh Jackson's utilizing this coaching tip he learned from, from Tyrod Taylor. Now it's entirely possible, um, that Tyrod Taylor, you know, is just a, a savvy veteran and Hugh Jackson is soaking up information from left and right or Hugh Jackson's lost in the woods and he's taking advice from Tyrod Taylor and ignoring Todd Haley. Either way, Hard, Hard Knocks has been fantastic through two episodes. I would not expect it to be any less good the rest of the way. The Browns are fascinating. Couple more. Oh, speaking of the Browns, a couple more pieces of news. Uh, Bud Light uh, sent out a bunch of specialty giant fridges. Where's my fridge, Bud Light? You know how I talk about beer on this podcast. What's up with that? Um, I'll, I'll promote Bud Light, Coors Light. Mike's Hard Lemonade, I don't care. What you, what, send me some drinks. Uh, but they spent a, a specialty fridge out, and it's locked, and it's going to remain. It's at bars around Cleveland. It's going to remain locked until the Browns win their first game of the year. And when the Browns win, they will. It will auto. They can like. I guess they're going to remote unlock them, and it'll be free be free beer for people in Cleveland. So that's exciting. Um, look forward to getting that beer, Browns fans, in 2019. Uh, let's see what else is there. Oh yeah, um, Ben Roethlisberger. Got evaluated for concussion. He suffered in training camp practice or believed to have suffered. He's in the concussion protocol. That's not good news for the, for the Steelers. Uh, probably wasn't going to play Thursday night anyway, um, a- against the Packers, but still you don't want Ben in the concussion protocol around week two of training camp because we're not that far away from the start of the regular season. I mean, he'll be fine, but, but you know, you don't, you don't want that. Don't want that happening. Um, and then Des Bryant visiting God, the Browns. I've written 15 friggin' stories about the Browns today. Um, Des Bryant is visiting the Browns, but John Dorsey is only down to sign, sign Des Bryant if the fit works. So nothing guaranteed there, but that visit will be happening on Thursday. We will, of course, keep you updated. Oh, and Gabe Wright got cut by the Dolphins because he got in a fight with Kenyon Drake. Don't get a fight with starting running back. Just a pretty, pretty standard, uh, Pretty standard, pretty standard lesson there. And Carson Wentz says it's quote, it's going to be close to get ready for week one. Just play Nick Foles. Just start Nick Foles in week one, Eagles. It's that easy. Okay. I've talked long enough. Let's get down to business. Let's get down to the nitty gritty. Let's get the show on the road. Let's talk to Jason Lockenfora at Jason Lockenfora on Twitter. All right, Jason. Time to, uh, I was thinking we would play like stock up, stock down, but it's basically just me corralling the places you've been over the past two weeks and jamming them into the segment for the purposes uh, of making it different than just talking about the Jets. Do you want to, okay. do you want to play? All right, we'll play the game then. So, uh, stock up or stock down. So you were, you were in Washington and New York. The Jets and the Redskins had a joint training camp that was about as feisty as it gets. In terms yeah. of fights, uh, stock up or stock down on the Redskins this year following the injury of Darius Geis. I mean, are they, can they compete in the NFC without Geis as their feature back? I think they're in a little bit of a trouble. Um, I, I, I kind of got there wanting to buy into them. And then just the more I watched them and the more I stared at that roster and just the more practice. So I, I think they'll, like, I don't think they're going to be like Carl or anything. You know, I think they'll probably be around 500, but I think that's who they are. I think they're finally boring, 
which is a step in the right direction because then there's no longer chaos. You know, the, the cousins, will they, won't they, is he, is he, you know, renting him. Every, every, every training camp pass, there's no longer, um, you know, a referendum on a starting quarterback. So I think they're more stable in some ways. I think as an organization, they have finally come to terms with who they are, which is a middling NFL team. They don't have 100,000 people on their rating, but you know what I mean? They're not playing that charade anymore. You know, they downsized the stadium. Even the training camp set up is certainly um, the team store. You used to have to walk through this massive team store just to get out to the field. Now they have one little trailer selling there like, you know, pretty much any other team would do. So you get the sense that they've sort of come to terms and grips with the fact that, you know, they're not going to compete with the Cowboys to be American. They aren't this marketing juggernaut. They're not this national brand anymore. Uh, they've been a, a fairly, you know, mediocre FS football team for, for a long time. But but the, the RG3 concept stuff is finally in the rear view mirror. But overall, I don't love the roster. Um, I just, I just don't. Uh, if Geis was there, I, I, I'd buy it a little bit more. I think Alex Smith will be fine. You know, I think they'll be productive offensively. Although I don't know how many true standouts there will be um, before they better stay healthy in the front seven. I, I don't love the pass rush and the secondary. Um, I'm, I'm not totally in love with either. I, I, I like their spirit. They're feisty. They seem to care about one another. Um, and I think, again, I think Alex Smith will, will come right in, you know, immediately and make the offense viable. But NFC is tough, man. I, I think they're, you know, one of those teams who, who uh, sort of personify parody in the NFL. Yeah, you know, it's, it, I, I look, I was all hyped about the Redskins and I screamed on this podcast while I was in Vegas that they were going to win the NFC East. And I, and I still like the Redskins and I'm holding a, uh, Redskins over ticket on seven wins. And that's, I mean, that's fine. Like they can still win eight games or, uh, maybe even push at seven without Darius Geis. And it shouldn't matter that much. Like a running back going out for the season shouldn't matter that much, especially one who hadn't carried the ball at all. But I just thought Geis was so perfect with what they wanted to do. And, and then to your point about middling, you know, they, they won the division twice in the last, I guess, uh, seven years, you know, once with RG3 and once with Kirk Cousins. But when you look at their long haul history, since they last won the Super Bowl with Joe Gibbs in '91, they've won more than nine games three times. Like they've won double digit games. Won, I don't think they've won more than ten since 1991. They haven't. No, they've won ten games three times since '91, and that's the best that they've done. Um, they've won the division five times, twice as a nine and seventeen, and they haven't won a playoff game. Or no, I guess they, no, they have won a playoff game, but they, you know they haven't. They're just, they're not good. And I'm not sure why. No. Now I'm, now I'm, it's a reality check for me that I, I was high on the Redskins, too high on the Redskins. And, and like then, if the Redskins played in the AFC, I'd say, okay, like yeah. maybe they get nine or 10 wins to sneak in as a wild card. You know, as long as that's because the quarterback is going, you know, they're not going to be one of these teams where the quarterback shoots himself at the foot of the fourth quarter. They're going to protect the football. They'll probably be in a lot of close and late situations. And if things go their way, I can make the case. And the NFC, well, and just period, the NFC, I don't, I don't buy them as a viable playoff team. And if, if Trent Williams and Morgan Moses can't stay healthy, then, then I think they, that team has the potential to be, you know, four or five wins and everybody's fired. Um, they, they better stay healthy up front of the offensive line. Uh, 
and it's weird. I mean, again, Geist hasn't played, and I, I wasn't like a guy who was all rah rah there. Geist, but I spent three days around this team. Like, ask people like, man, how about Geist? It's like literally the base would just drop. I mean, they would just be stolen about it. It happened almost a week ago. Yeah, and then even to, you know, I was out with some of the Jets people last night, and you know, they've always been talking to the Red Skins for three days on the practice field, and they're like, like we like guys too, you know, we get back. But he's like, they're devastated. Like they, they feel like their season has been, you know, already significantly compromised. They have had three season-ending injuries already, and then they're counting on guys like again, Moses and Doxon, who are hurt all the time. And my other worry about that is, you know. Three of their front seven are young Alabama kids who have kind of come into the league hurt and you just worry. You know what I mean? Allen came in hurt. Ryan Anderson came in with an injury and the trouble staying on the field. Deron Payne's already hurt. Like, I, boy, if those three aren't who they were drafted to be, then I think he's going to run the ball down their throat. So, I, again, at the end of the day, when it's all washed out, I think it's 7-9, 8-8. Eight, eight. Um, but... I, 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 and if that is the case, I wonder what that ends up meaning for, for Jay Groot. And I wonder if Bruce Allen does finally move on. Mm, man, it, 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 again, it shouldn't be that big of a swing when you lose a running back, especially a rookie running back. But to, to, to hear that the Redskins feel that way as someone who also feels that way is, is really disconcerting because like in theory, you should be able to slap in Samaje P. Ryan and and fit Rob Kelly and get seventy five percent of guys. Worst case scenario, but it sounds like these guys just don't believe that's going to be the case. Um, the the Jets are a lot more optimistic, though, right? I mean, this is a team that yeah, I like the Jets. Ooh, yeah. you like the Jets this year? I mean, I like them to be better than anybody thinks. I mean, where I haven't looked at a whole lot of pre. I'll be honest, I haven't looked at any preseason thought prognostications other than I know Chris goes they fix Seattle to go four and twelve. But I'm guessing <laughs> most people think of the Jets as like a three to six win team. I, I think the Jets can turn with five hundred. Wow. Um, I really like I, I I mean their receiving core has the chance to be truly special and none of them are making any money. I mean I, I was gonna look it up but I'm gonna you know do another column tomorrow and I'll just make a note to myself before I left the practice field. All of the, the, the young guys have flashed, and I can't think combined, they're probably making half of what Dante Montre's making this year. Like, I think Pryor, you know, Anua, uh, Robbie Anderson, I'll forget somebody else. They're top four receivers. I bet will be markedly more productive than Jacksonville, and all will probably make combined half of what just Montre's making, let alone Marquis Quee and whatever else. Um, Isaiah Crowell's got uh, a concussion right now, but you know he and Bilal Powell, I think, will be fine in the run game. Jeremy Bates is going to run a bastardized version of, you know, that that old school Alex Gibbs, Mike Shanahan run game. Guys are, I mean, that, that you know, that that that's kind of sort of foolproof. Um, I think they're okay at offensive offensive line, not great, but not horrible. Um, and they've got three quarterbacks. They, they have the they have the best quarterback. I mean, I, I think you can make a case. They have three quarterbacks who are all, if, if Darnold is who he looks to be, if Darnold is what he has chosen at this point, then I think they have three of the top 40 quarterbacks in the world. So are you suggesting that the New York Jets have the best overall quarterback room in the NFL? They have three starting quarterbacks to be. Wow. All right. I don't know who, who else has that. No, I mean, uh, uh, Brian. But just go through every, however quarterbacks are under contract right now, 100 and whatever. I mean, something to carry for. I mean, even if you take the camp arms out of it, 
go take the top 100 quarterbacks on NFL contract right now and find 40. I mean, I, I, I just think these three are probably all in the top 40, certainly 40 to 45. Wow. Yeah, I mean, you know, Brian McFadden made the case on Monday's podcast that the Jets have the best, at least top to bottom, not best one, obviously, but best top to bottom quarterback uh, group in the AFC East. And I don't, I don't think he's wrong. I think you can expand it outside the AFC Um You know, I, I, I do. I mean, Josh McCown was playing like a Pro Bowl before he got hurt. Yeah. And Teddy Bridgewater, I mean, again, you're always going to have some trepidation there because of how extensive that knee injury was, and if somebody hits it the wrong way, you know, then heaven knows. But uh, he looks pretty good. He All looks right. pretty good. All um, right, so, so what, what, uh, so know, what they don't they... have any pass rush, though. If they had any pass rush at all, I think they're a year away. I think next year when New England, I guess by next year, Brady has to be the only one. And I don't like New England's roster right now as it is. And if Brady is no longer an SEC, New England is just another team. Um, I think the Jets, the Jets will have the most, as of now, they have the most cap space in the league for next year, and they'll go full board to load up on some pass weapons. They have nothing on the edge. Um, I was telling those guys to trade for Khalil Mack, and I'm like, just do it, man. You got wow. the quarterback cheap for five years, just do it. That would be, um, that would trade, be. You know, I was telling them trade a one, a three, and one of your young cheap receivers. They're like, we don't want to trade any of those. I'm like, eh, you got to give to get. I mean, I'm looking at what Groove's got over there. You know what I mean? He's got Jordy Nelson. He's got Bryant, who's not even on the field. You know, they got Amari Cooper, but they're going to have to pay him major, major money in another year. And guess what? He's got the same agent as Khalil Mack. So have fun with that one. Mm. Uh, so yeah, anyway. So the Jets over. But they've under- got nothing on, they've got nothing on the edge. But the secondary is right. a lot better. Um, you know, that the, the D line, uh, you know, Anderson said it looked good for them. Um, I, I think they got a chance to be a, a, a very decent football team, a respectable football team. And look, they beat three playoffs, right? They beat three playoff teams in the AFC last year. Um, just found a way to give away a game to Atlanta, found a way to, to give away one of the New England games. And then obviously it all fell apart when McCown got hurt, but I, I think they'll be okay. Their schedule is actually kind of friendly. And I look at it, Jason, it's six wins for the over under. Uh, three of their first four on the road, but they get the, they get the Lions to start on the road, Dolphins at home, Browns on the road, Jaguars on the road, and then they have the Broncos, Colts, Vikings at home. I, I mean, I kind of like this over considering that we haven't even talked about two games yeah. against the Bills. Yeah, I mean, I think the Bills are going to be the worst team in football, and I, I'm not really big on the Dolphins right now either. Um, no, I, I would take the overall six. I would take the overall six. All right. Um, I wish it was at five, you know, I wish they put it at five, and I would obviously totally love it, but that's Vegas. Yeah. Um, I think the Jets will be a, a, a very solid, uh, you know, de- dependable football team. They're young, they're pretty hungry, not a lot of their guys got paid yet. And, you know, Darnell will take his, his lumps, and, and I think the plan will be for him to start off 16, but he'll make plays along the way, and he's got, got a decent cast on him. He, he really does. Um, All right. So, so what? So I, well. So what happens then? And look out for Terrell Pryor, dude. Oh. I mean, he's not a hundred percent, not close. I mean, he had ankle surgery in May, so he's not doing a lot of team drills. But an individual drills, he's blowing past people, hmm. blowing past people, latching on, diving in the end zone, fifty-yard bomb from McCallum. I mean, and he's a physical freak. He's saying he's not conditioned enough because obviously he hasn't played a lot of football, but he looked pretty damn impressive to me. 
Um, you know, he was never right in Washington last year, could never run with his normal stride, just was never healthy. I, I, you know, I, I think he makes a place for him. Mm. Well, all right, so what, how are they going to solve the quarterback situation in, in New York? Because clearly you have a situation where Sam Darnold's the future. He looks like he is trending towards being the week one starter. That would make a lot of sense. Teddy Bridgewater is on a one-year deal. And then you have, uh, of course, McCown, who's the established mentor slash veteran slash uh, third or slash not non, non-registered yeah. coach there. They're, they're going to trade one of the quarterbacks, uh, one of the backups. There's, I, I feel pretty strongly about that. I don't see them carrying three. And it may, everyone's talking about Bridgewater. Like, it, it, they're not going to give Bridgewater away. Like, and they could end up trading them both. I mean, it could be a crazy scenario where, you know, let's just say they trade them from McCowan to the Rams, um, whose backup situation is horrible. And then in September, a good team loses their quarterback for the year. You might be able to swing a Sam Bradford deal for Bridgewater, especially if he shows well in these preseason games. And they love the kid. I mean, they love him. Um, I, I, and, and all things being equal, I think at this point, they feel like Darnold's so mature. He doesn't need that veteran mentor. And Teddy is enough of a veteran mentor. And Teddy's such a quality human being as well. I, I think all things being equal, they might trade McCown and, and, and keep Bridgewater. And then if something eventually develops for Bridgewater, then you worry about, you know, your backup quarterback of the year when you're not going to the playoffs anyway later. But, you know, you, they may have an opportunity to to really add some some assets. Spicy, I like it. Uh, what about stock up or stock down on the Baltimore Ravens, a team that actually saw their Super Bowl odds cut recently? Our editor R.J. White and I were talking about this. They were fifty to one when I was out in Vegas two weeks ago, and they are now twenty five to one at the Westgate. They've been slashed in half. Interesting. Yes. I, I, that's a team that I came into the summer kind of blah on, and then I, I've seen quite a bit of them because they opened before everybody else, you know, they had the Bears. And then while I was mostly watching the Rams last week, search screen, it's hard not to notice the Ravens. Yeah, I, I think they'll be fine. Um, I think they could be a wild card team and, and mess around and win nine or ten games. Uh, I don't, I don't think they're, they're a team that would go very far in the playoffs just yet. But I buy Joe Flacco's health. I buy Joe Flacco's motivation and bouncing back. I don't buy that he's going to have this monster year, you know, like and be this. This some people are like sort of, especially locally in Baltimore, like thinking he's going to have this statistical juggernaut year. That's not who he is. I mean, 30, 30 touchdowns and you know forty one hundred yards would be a monster year for him, and and maybe he gets in the vicinity of that. But uh, I, their, their, their skill player and group is is much better. They have no depth on the offensive line whatsoever. If they're able to stay relatively healthy, though, I think they'll be a, a pretty robust team running the football. You know, Lamar will get sprinkled in where he gets sprinkled in. And defensively, my big question with them for the last three years has been who could close a game other than Terrell Suggs. And when you play Terrell Suggs, first down, second down, third down, at age 35, every single game, you know, it's not like Harrison when he was on a pitch count with, with Pittsburgh. They play him against the run. They play him everywhere, and then he runs out of steam in December, and then it's Matt Judon and nobody else. There's no cavalry coming to help put teams away and put games away, and so the defense fades drastically in December. I'm buying Timmy Williams. Uh, I'm not buying Campbell Ikea so much, but and I think Judon knows he's in a position where he, you know, he's the kind of guy who could go out there and put up 14, 15 sacks and get himself set for life. 
So I think they may finally be okay on the edge. And if they are, I really like their secondary for the first time in forever. Um, so, yeah, I think Baltimore in a watered-down AFC could be, be fairly formidable. I don't think they're better than Pittsburgh. But, I mean, besides Pittsburgh and New England, I can't guarantee anybody in the AFC makes the playoffs. Yeah. I really don't. I mean, I guess maybe Jacksonville. I would maybe guarantee Jacksonville. But I just they don't. I'm sorry. I just don't think they have a quarterback. So. And I don't like what the vibe is going on there. I think their skill position players might be worse than last year. I, I don't know. Well, you mentioned Jacksonville. I was going to ask you about the the uh, AFC South actually, because I think it, it, I was going to say stock up or stock down on the on the Indianapolis Colts, but it seems pretty obvious that their stock should be way up compared to what it was. They they went by the way from ten to one at the Westgate to win the AFC South to four to one in about a two week span after people saw Andrew Luck on the field. So clearly four to one. That's it's robust. It's, yes, it's quite robust. They're they're actually it's pretty crazy. They're the cheapest last place team to win any division. Isn't that nuts? That's, that's nuts. Um they're gonna score a lot of points. And they're going to give up even more. And I think that's just, that's going to be the sad reality for them. And um, I think it's going to come down to their run. They're going to literally, they're going to have to play ball control because their defense has got nothing. I mean, they got a safety, you know, they got Malik O'Connor, I mean, he's been hurt. And then I don't know, I really don't know what else they have on that side of the ball. I'm not sure if they really know what else they have on that side of the ball, but it ain't, it ain't much. You know, when, when everybody's hyping up Al Woods, you know, it's like the the, the the best story in camp in your front seven. You got a problem. It means you don't have a front seven. Yeah, seriously. So, I they they, they are not going to stop anybody. Um, but I think their strike right gets it, and they're going to they're going to have to run the ball more just to protect Andrew Luck anyway. So I think they will be a professional operation on offense and a train wreck on defense, and they will. I think the Jets and the Bills are going to. I'm sorry, they're, they're, well, yeah, them too. The Jets, Bills. And Colts are going to be fighting all over themselves for any semblance of pass rush they can get on the open market, uh, you know, come March. Um, what about the uh, stock up or stock down Denver Broncos quarterbacks? Uh, I, I don't I don't have a good feeling about the Denver Broncos. I'll just say that. I, I, anytime a team comes that close to firing their coach, and then the answer, you think the answer is, you know, saying Kate Peter. I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> you know, uh, is Pat does Paxton Lynch? I, 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 I think again that's a team that has fooled themselves into thinking that they can extend the window. When, when to me, all the empirical evidence is telling you the window is closed. Go start over with a young quarterback. Go dump some of those receivers for something before you have to cut them in a year for nothing. You know what I mean? And and and, and, and rebuild your offensive line. You know, and, and try to rebuild the team from the inside out with 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 a, 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 at least a half-decent offensive line and a young quarterback is not making any money yet. Um, yeah, I'm, I'll just say in general, I'm not really buying the Broncos. And like, I think Keenum will be fine, but I just they haven't been able to run the ball, you know what I mean, for a while. I don't like the offensive line. Uh, I, I I think, again, I think the receivers are declining. Uh, I'm, not, I'm, not big on, I'm not big on the Broncos. Yeah, you know, I mean, and not to, not to hit this one home to you, but I was talking to, um, my buddy Adam Gold, who's actually going to be on the podcast later this week, and he does radio in Raleigh, and we, we, I was talking about how teams oftentimes, and I was specifically referring to the Orioles, how they, these, these teams, they don't, they can't see the forest for the trees, and they, ex- yeah. they try to extend their window to, to make a playoff run, 
and they have this crap roster. Like the Phillies did it with another baseball team, but the Phillies did the same yep. thing uh, with Ryan Howard and Chase Utley. And it's like you need to you need to have the self awareness to say this is not working. We have to start over, and it's harder to do in the NFL because. You have to, you have to sell your fans on an annual success plan or whatever, but the Broncos might have been better off saying, all right, let's boot a few more of these pieces out there and let's try and reboot and get some assets rather than gearing up for another Super Bowl run that was, you know, primarily not fueled by Peyton Manning, but I mean, you know, the, the, the success drawing all those guys there was fueled by Peyton Manning and then, and then you got lucky in a couple draft classes and Elway hadn't drafted very well. I, you're right. I think they could, they could crater. It's, it's just hard not to buy into that defense, I guess. No, I like the defense, but I mean they're also a little longer in the suit set, yeah. you know. And and you know they're they're not quite as deep at corner anymore. And you don't have uh, you know I mean Wolf's been, been banged up quite a bit. I mean all I would say to the bomb Miller injury and that you, that team to me could be you know messing around with the first overall pick. They're mm. certainly picking back in the top five again. Yeah, that's a good point. Um, all right, stock up or stock down? You you saw the Rams play, so but stock up or stock down? The rest of the NFC West. How do you feel about the rest of the guys compared to the Rams? Are the Rams a shoe in to run away with this division? I don't think they're a shoe in, no. But I I think they've got a, a a pretty darn good roster. I mean, again, to me, the biggest hole, and I I flat out said it to last season, like, bro, you you need a backup quarterback. I don't want to play out of right team, but. You, you addressed all these other positions and all this other money. You got a dominant Sue as Aaron Donald insurance. Just think about that. Like, you know what I mean? Yeah. And you look at the corners, you look at everything else they've done, and really, you're like, you know, and, and, and they had Chase Keenum there, and they've had Nick Foles there. So they know what, you know what I mean, what it's like to have a backup who can start. And they saw what Foles did last year, saving the Eagles season, and then winning the Super Bowl. Like, if Jared Goff right now, if Jared Goff went down for for four games. I don't care who they're playing, even all their all their talent. There's a shot they lose all four of them, and that could be the difference between winning the division and not making the playoffs. So I, I think it's a significant hole. And whether it's, I, I wouldn't be shocked if they tried to trade for RG three, who obviously McVay knows from Washington, mm. and who has looked, you know, viable uh, for the Redskins, which is a, a term I never thought I would use in conjunction with him. Um, ever again, but he, he's been okay. Um, and, and, you know, kind of sort of looks the part. Like, they, they, they better do something. But no, overall, I think they're the best team. But I, I think, you know, let's t- talk to me at the end of September and I'll tell you what I think of the Rams. Just because there's so many mercenaries there. And so many guys who are there because of the money and the chance to win fast and then parlay that into the next massive contract. And a lot of those guys have had a tendency to be surly or forefathers in the past. You know, when things are going great, it's awful. When they're not, geez, you know what I mean? Not so good for Peter Phillips to be. So that's what I want to say. If, if they get off to some sort of slow start and they're in a funk and they're not clicking, I, I just wonder if a lot of guys, all you know, by middle October, are like, bro, that's not what I didn't come to. You know what I mean? Yeah. I came in, win a Super Bowl, get a ring, and then get, my, get more money somewhere else. You know, I I, I, I I came here so that I'm playing the last game of the year in February and every coach and GM is watching. And you know what I mean? I, I've got this massive market waiting for me in March. So that, that's the human element is, is what gives me some pause there. So look, Tweed saying all the right things. All those guys, you know, we're, we're by and large, you know, minding their P's and Q's. But again, it, nothing's happened yet. Uh, it is 
Tuesday afternoon as we record this, just to give people fair warning, where do we stand on Aaron Donald's contract and uh, and, and what the Rams are going to do with their defensive tackle? It, I know you tweeted out, uh, I believe, on Monday afternoon that, as reported last week, I would expect the Rams and Aaron Donald to agree to a new deal before the next preseason game. Yeah, I mean, that's, that's what I was told they were shooting for. Um, they've got a lot of money on the table, obviously. They're trying to convince him to take it, and I, I think at some point he will. Does, does it necessarily happen by this week? Um, no, it's not. A, there's, there's no guarantees there, but they've made progress. Um, they are negotiating. There has been a positive ongoing dialogue. They are speaking to the player and speaking to the agent. And, and there is a sense there, even as much as they're not getting everything they want, they're not being lowballed either. You know, uh, everybody knows that it's going to be more money in the first three years than Stu got three years ago. And it's going to be a decent amount more, but exactly how much is, you know, remains still, you know, obviously they're haggling though, but, uh, they also know it's a star culture out there. He's trying to get people to buy luxury suites and everything else. I have a hard time thinking that they get much further down the road without their best player, you know, being on their on the active roster. Yeah, you, look, if you're going to be all in on 2018, and the Rams are at least, you know, sort of, sort of there, right? I mean, like you have to have the best defensive player on the team and the best player on your roster in camp and playing on week one, right? Yeah, and I, and I and look, I don't think he's ever going to do a whole lot the preseason anyway. And last year, he missed the entire preseason, right? They sat him week one, and then over the next 14 weeks, he had like 91 quarterback pressures in 14 weeks, right? And then they sat everybody for the last game, right? I mean, they had guys who like lined up and then got off the field because they were stuck in a playoff position. So basically, the guy played a 14-week season and was more productive than any defensive player in the league who played 16. So, yeah, he's special, and you know he's special. And they're still playing a little bit of a game of chicken. But the guy played for $1.9 million last year before that. It didn't get an accrued season. I really don't think he's going to walk away from $63 million over the first three years when it's all set done. I'm, I'm with you. Uh, all right, anything that I missed, news and notes around the league? Any, anybody anybody you're high or low on after the first week of the preseason, which, as we all know, uh, confirms no, everything? not really. I mean, I try not to play that game. It's that, that, that's the big fool's gold. I mean, certain individuals you may, you know what I mean, you may say, okay, well, this guy now, you know, has a chance to play more in week two and more in week three, and if he backs all that up, you know, then I might be in a situation where where I'm truly buying him. But, you know, I mean, I think people freak out about a lot of stuff. I mean, like, even just the young quarterbacks. I mean, let's see, let's see Rosen with a guy who can actually step the ball through. You know what I mean? Like, let's yeah. see him with, not that Arizona's number one offensive line is a great thing, but it's Certainly better than the backups. You know what I mean? The same thing with Lamar Jackson. You can look at what Lamar Jackson did with five guys who don't belong in the league in front of him running for his life. Or you can look at what Lamar Jackson did with the number one offense, which was, you know, march right down the field, execute inside the pocket, 36-yard dime to more, nine-yard touchdown. You know what I mean? That's number one. Now, I can't. It was against the Rams' backups. But so I just think you gotta you got to be careful with, with, with some of that stuff. But no, I mean, there's no key that I'm playing. Oh wow! You know what I mean. I think a whole lot more of them, based on what they did, and you know, week one of the preseason, hey. based on whatever I may have thought of them before. Never, never forget the time Chip Kelly's Eagles and, and Sam Bradford destroyed the, like scored like forty points in the preseason per game, and and some 
idiot picked him to win the Super Bowl. Uh, on that note, uh, that was me, that idiot. Um, I figured that was yeah. Yeah, yeah. On that, note, on that note, watch uh, Jason Lockenfora on CBS Sports HQ. Follow him on Twitter, at Jason Lockenfora, and uh, we will talk to you soon, my man. Sounds good, buddy. Have a good one. Thank you.